and welcome to The Artistry. I am your host, Canary T. Robot. Today we have our up-and-comers episode, and this up-and-comer is uh, someone who's actually proven to be both talented in directing and acting. Uh, Nick, would you like to introduce yourself? Most certainly. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick Barbera. I am, yes, an actor and director. Um, I guess my most famous work around the internet is The Haunted Mansion Show on MiceChat.com. It's a little web series that I do, which is based off of the Disney's Haunted Mansion, because I'm a huge fan of that ride. Basically, what it does is that it becomes a, a webisode series just based on the characters and pretty much how they react with each other, or interact with each other, rather. Um you know, what they do around the mansion when, you know, mortals aren't visiting some of the time. Um, but in a way that keeps true to their original counterparts, their original characters. And uh, pretty much just days in the afterlives of, of yeah, the haunted mansion. So Cool. Um, now, how does yeah. your uh, passion for... I guess, uh, can I say theatrical arts? Is that uh, the right way to say it? Or <laughs> Yeah. Or, drama or drama sure. or however. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go with theatrical arts. Okay. If you will. Um, the theater. The theater. Uh, well, it's, yes. Well, it actually came from <clears throat> my childhood in Disney movies. And uh, even in broader terms, just animated movies in general, just kids' movies. Um, uh, I had a childhood where I couldn't... I mean, it's going to sound typical, but I couldn't really find myself fitting in with kids as, as you know, little kid me would like. Uh, but as I was growing up, I kind of grew out of that shyness through Disney movies. Um, I would just see... Uh, I think I want to say the genie was the one for that that really got me to like laugh and quote it all the time. And then when I was with my sister, um, we would just kind of, you know, we would do the same thing. We'd quote, we'd run around the house, we'd reenact scenes from our favorite movies, and uh, we would do funny voices and stuff. And so around middle school, my sister began to do plays. And uh, she kind of inspired me to, to do that around the time when I got to middle school. So, again, it took me a while because, again, shy Nick and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, by the time that I yeah got around to middle school, I started doing stuff like Peter Pan and Susicle and Captain and uh, uh, Annie. Yes, and... You know, I got a, such a kick out of that. So around high school, that's when I did um, shows like that were very Broadway-esque, like Guys and Dolls and Annie Get Your Gun and Footloose. And then fast forward to college, that's when I did uh, Thornton Wilder's Our Town or um, this show that was called The Roar of the Grease Pain and the Smell of the Crowd with music by Anthony Newley and stuff like Working with, by... Uh, which was adapted from Stephen Schwartz. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a fun ride doing uh, theatrical performances. My last one was my senior thesis, uh, which is a show that I produced, as well as 
written. It was a one-man show, and it was it was it was basically me as an old man telling you everything right now. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I integrated a lot of Disney songs in there, and you know, so there was still a lot of energy and stuff like that. So I don't know. Being on the stage is fun. I love making people laugh, and I love being. Uh, spontaneous up there again robin williams was a huge inspiration of mine when it comes to performing i just love that man um uh, so yeah so that's basically my uh, life in the in the theatrical arts in the dramatic uh, lifestyles in the theater you know so oh and i've done some shakespeare here and there so. Oh, <laughs> just, just, just here and there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot to add that in. <laughs> um, what about directing? Directing. When did you first start uh, directing or producing or doing well, other parts that, other than performing? <laughs> well, I want to say the Haunted Mansion show was also the one that kickstarted that um, because, see, the Haunted Mansion show. For me, it was a growing experience, and it still is. Uh, it started with my own YouTube channel uh, back when, let's see, The Haunted Mansion turned 40 in 2009. I want to say I was, um, oh, man, I know it was more than 16. I think it was either 16 or 17. I can't remember. But um, that was when that was when I just started with it. I had no puppet, and it was just me in a silly-looking costume and a funny hat and uh then by the time the puppet came around which wasn't that long i decided to really treat it seriously i thought okay um if i'm going to have new more characters in this i don't want it to be just me i want it to be other people um how do i make sure that they are um having fun while being a part of these episodes as well as uh, gain learning experience if need if you know that ever happens. So um, what ended up happening was I pretty much just like Disney movies. What I did was that I looked at behind the scenes featurettes of of movies like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, um, or or just like uh, I don't know Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Just watching documentaries of. Um, just like directors and stuff and just paying attention to um how you know how they make sure that the yeah that everybody's comfortable with what they're doing that they know how to keep a cool and like a cool sense of nature about them and not get too overblown if something goes awry or something like that and um and it also kind of taps into writing episodes, you know, that comes the producing part. You know, if I write an episode, I would say, OK, how would this character react to this character making a joke or um, tripping or like, uh, OK, what's current now? OK, we got people on their cell phones. How can I make this funny in this haunted environment? And, uh, you know, um, what's. How is the vision going to be tackled? And one or two things happen. One, I see, like, I tell them exactly how I want it. Or two, the actors make the decision by themselves um, because I know, because I'm very close with them and I know how talented they are. And, uh, you know, they find it and it hits home. So 
you know, becoming a producer and director, it it's got it's got a lot of benefits. I gotta say, um, you know, I mean, it, it's always fun working with others. You know, when when you have a, a specific vision and when you have uh, just the right people to make it come true. Um, I actually was going to ask, yeah. uh, how did you get started with the Haunted Mansion show? Well, it, yeah, it, it stemmed from, uh, again, my love of the Haunted Mansion, which was a growing love. Uh, <laughs> you'll notice that there's a theme here with uh, growing practice and growing love. Um, I say growing love because when I was five, I had a major freak out on Pirates of the Caribbean. So I did not ride the Haunted Mansion until I was 12. And even then, along the way, I just kind of gathered bits and pieces of the ride itself and its history from DoomBuggies.com. And so I gained knowledge from that. And ha uh, some of the stuff in the ride, I, I knew what was going to happen, so I wasn't as terrified. But st some stuff like the spiders that used to be there, I was not expecting that. <laughs> A little tangent. But... um. Yeah, so it was around the time when the 40th anniversary of Haunted Mansion came to town, and a lot of fans were treating this like a big deal. So I thought, okay, what can I do to celebrate this? Because everybody, including David King, was making uh, videos on the Haunted Mansion, making skits and stuff, and I thought, oh, maybe I can do the same thing, but it'll be like a weekly show. And uh, yeah, like I said before, or started off simple, me, silly looking hat, and then look at it now. It evolved into um, one of the featured podcasts, SubmiceChat.com. And as of this interview, I believe there are 53 episodes. Um, that's excluding uh, little behind the scenes uh, special featurettes that I make on occasion. Um, so, yeah, I, I, <laughs> what stemmed from, um, yeah, what's, I guess what stemmed from, uh, a, a dork in his parents' bedroom, uh, trying to make it look creepy and him trying to act like a creepy Paul Freeze evolves into a featured podcast on the fan site that has been around longer than, almost long, just as long as that dork has, so... <laughs> It's really surreal, but it feels really awesome. Um, now, how, how did your um, show get on to MiceChat.com? That's quite amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it actually kind of happened... <clears throat> um, it was amazing, uh, I must say. It was spontaneous, but it was cool. Uh, I'm, I was in this uh, Facebook group that is consisted of Disney fans, and it was around the time when... Um, uh, the movie Escape from Tomorrow came out. Now, say what you will about the movie. It does have its faults, but I personally uh, enjoyed it because of the build-up and everything. And when it came out, I was like, holy crap! So so I wrote a, a paragraph-long review on it, which is saying, guys, this, this I think this movie is amazing. I mean, yes, it'll scare little kids. But at the same time, if you look at it in this way, I think you'll find something there. And stuff like that. So that's when the owner of MiceChat.com, excuse me, his name is Dusty Sage. That's his username. And he got in contact with me because he was in the same Facebook group. He said, 
Uh, Nick, I just saw your little review of Escape from Tomorrow. I saw a lot of passion into it. How would you like to be a columnist on the site? And already I was going, oh, my God, because, again, it was a fan site that I visited a lot uh, to gain knowledge of Disney and the parks and everything. So I was like, oh, my God, he wants me as a, as a journalist. This is going to be great. And then I looked at my show because it was just kind of off and on again in on my own channel, and it wasn't really going anywhere. It was getting a few viewers, and, you know, I got comments, which is always nice. But, you know, I didn't feel like it was getting picked up anywhere. So so I said, okay, how about this? How, let me show you what I do, and you, you can be the judge of this. Either it goes on the site or not. And I, I'm fine with whatever you say. <clears throat> so I show him one of the epi- one of the better episodes with with the puppet that wasn't too silly, and uh, he liked it and he said yes yeah, so let's get this on the site, and so uh, that was oh my goodness it's my senior year of college now so that was back in my freshman year when I was just starting out so you know it was it was surreal but again it was exciting and since then uh, I mean it's still kind of off again on again. Um, not as bad as it is in on my own channel, uh, because you know there was a lot going on there. But I'm again, I'm just ending college, and I haven't done an episode in oh my god, a couple months now, and you know I'm ashamed of myself. But but I am for those listening, I am picking up the pace uh, once college is over. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> you'll be getting you'll be getting more content. I promise. <laughs> Um, now, what kind of uh, equipment do you use to film and edit uh, the Haunted Mansion show? One of my mottos for working on stuff like this is that I always work with what I have available. So, um, what I for for audio, what I use is a Blue Snowball microphone, and in terms of cameras, it varies. It's either um, uh, my Max camera or it's my flip camcorder, or even the camcorder on my iPhone, and uh, that's for filming. Now, for stuff like editing, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm still slowly but surely getting used to the techniques in uh, the, the creative cloud that I have. Uh, so I'm starting to get the knack of Premiere Pro and After Effects, and uh, stuff like that. But primarily, I actually use iMovie and GarageBand. So for iMovie, what I do first is that I take all the clips that I recorded and I compile it together to make a draft. Um, and then uh, once I'm done with that, I take it to GarageBand, and that's where all the crazy sound effects come in, all of the echoes, all of the reverbs, the uh, the lightning flashes, the... Um, the bats that fly in the sky, you know, various things like that, uh, making sure that the ghosts sound, <laughs> I guess, properly like ghosts. We'll never know. But um, and uh, stuff like that to make sure that the audio is just right. So people will be able to understand what they're saying, as well as keep the creepy reverb in and uh, the deep um, like the deep bass for the ghost host's voice. You know, to really make that pack a punch or the uh, the little echo from Madame Leota's crystal ball. You know, just I'm just a sucker for detail. So 
you know, just little things like that. I just toil away on my laptop with. And then once that is done, I just take the soundtrack, put it in the iMovie uh, draft again, mute everything else, make sure everything looks uh, just fine, and then get it up on the Mice Chat YouTube channel. So it's, um, yeah, it's, I mean, in reality, it is, when I don't have too much going on, it is a pretty quick uh, process, relatively, anyway. Um, it's just that, you know, again, college. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's basically the process. Mm-hmm. No, I, compl- I actually do understand that, trust me. Um, <laughs> uh, where would you like to see the Haunted Mansion show go? Um, are you, uh, Is there any ways you'd like to progress, or...? Well, I've been thinking about it, um, because hmm, I've been pondering about the future of the show an awful lot, mostly because it hinders on the coming events that will happen in my life now that I'm technically out of college now. Um, One of two things is going to happen when I applied to the Disney program, because I've because I did that before, but I want to apply again. And I just got off of my month hold, so I'm trying again. One of two things is going to happen. One, I make it into the program, and I try to find some way to end the Haunted Mansion show in a way that makes everybody happy. Um, To signify, you know, this was a good run. I really appreciated all the viewers out there. My life's going to be awfully busy now, and I don't know where this will go. Maybe the show will come back someday, but for now, I'm going to be on a break or something like that. Or, you know, I don't make it in, but it's okay because I'll be finding some uh, backup jobs here and there, uh, doing voiceovers or working at this haunted hayride in New York City or something. Uh, it's specific, I know, but I didn't make it in the first time, so that might happen again. But, um, yeah, and it, whenever I'm not doing that on my free time, I'll just continue with the show and just, again, just work with what I have. Whoever's around will show up um, and uh, just kind of, yeah, just kind of work on it from there and, uh, you know, keep going until I find a place where it's a good place to to uh, to put it to rest, if you will. Um, so, uh, yeah, on, quite honestly, <laughs> I myself don't know. Um, the future is a very, obviously a very unpredictable and scary thing in itself, but, uh, whatever happens is going to happen. And, uh, it's always good to have backup plans for whichever comes first. Do you have any other projects in mind that you would like to work on in the future? I do actually, um, my own, speaking of my own YouTube channel, Again, it doesn't really have that many views. I want to expand on it in a way. And I do have a couple ideas on how I could do that. One is that I have been getting into the acapella scene lately. So I, on my SoundCloud, I had produced playlists for uh, a couple of themes so far. Uh, one was uh, covers of old uh, sea shanties like Blow the Man Down and uh, Bonnie Ship the Diamond with a couple of uh, Disney pirate songs thrown in there just for fun, which is, you know, A Pirate's Life from Peter Pan and Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me from Pirates of the Caribbean. And that was fun. And the other playlist I did is 
it's it's actually <laughs> don't laugh, but it's actually still a work in progress after all these months. It's called Nick's Twenty Five Songs of Christmas. And it's a whole bunch of acapella songs of, as it implies, Christmas tunes. And, um, you know, I do stuff like You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, or Frosty the Snowman, and uh, even obscure ones like Walking in the Air from the Snowman cartoon, or, uh, you know, and contemporary ones like Deck the Halls and everything. So they're up, th- they're up there on my SoundCloud. I'll get back on that, I think, this upcoming Christmas season just to get it finished because I plan to have other people to sing with me. So that's, and I could move all that to my YouTube channel. So that's one way. Um, the other way is that here on campus, I just got done with it, but I also did this radio show, which was also Disney oriented. It's called Main Street Station, a walk through the Disney parks. And, Originally, the intent was to kind of talk a little bit, but play stuff that, like obscure music that they play in the theme parks, uh, which will be relaxing because YouTube has a lot of videos of that that helps those who want to help study or just go to sleep, take a nap, uh, to find some zen in their, in their, in their like once a week, uh, you know, day or um, but but the more I did it, it more became this like casual talk sh- um, uh, pod. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'll go ahead and say a podcast of um, me giving in the news about the Disney parks, about what's going on. And uh, yeah, the, playing the music, having the music break. So if anything, I might do that on YouTube as well. I'm, I've been thinking about that, but um, so there's that. Uh, outside of that, uh, really what I see doing, again, if Disney doesn't work, would be uh, voice acting and audio mixing uh, with stuff like what Midnight Marinara does or um, just like what, yeah, basically what you find on YouTube, like creepy uh, dramatic retellings of stories and stuff where there's sound effects and what have you. Um, so I would love to do that. And uh, again, voice act if, you know, you know, for uh, whatever I can find. Um, so, yeah, in terms of projects, I would say, uh, yeah, that would be, that would be what I have on my mind so far. Some, some new egg is going to hatch eventually. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what I've gotten, got in my mind currently. Uh, let me back up a little bit, because, uh, one of the things I've, I've forgotten, but I do know this about you, you actually can do a lot of different voices and impersonations. Uh, how did you come into that? Well, um, <laughs> again, uh, when you're a kid and you watch a lot of Disney movies, you know, it just kind of slips in in there, you know. Um, you know, uh, I, I would watch a lot of interviews with all the different voice actors. I would just kind of um, find their own techniques uh, in terms of trying to get into the character. Like uh, for Mickey Mouse, for example, uh, here's my normal speaking voice. And all that the actor had to do was go up higher and higher and higher and higher. And, <laughs> oh, boy, there he is. <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, although there were some that were difficult, but I feel like I'm just starting to get into, like, I think the most difficult one for me 
that I just started to get into is Winnie the Pooh because he's got that high voice, but also uh, low enough for it to have a range. So it's just kind of a little bit of a me, a medium, you know, who bother? <laughs> looks like my honey pot is empty again. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go and visit Rabbit so I can eat his honey. <laughs> um, you know, so there's that. And uh, the other thing, too, is... <laughs> I feel so repetitive. I'm bringing it back to Robin Williams again. But... Um, with the genie, that character was difficult because that was voiced by a guy with a normal voice, if you will, but he does a lot of impressions in himself. So again, when I was a kid, I had I had no idea who Jack Nicholson was, but it was just so funny to me. So I would just go, all right, Sparky, here's the deal. If you want to court with the little lady, you got to be a straight shooter. Do you got it? And uh, other impressions outside of Disney characters... I would just find on a whim if I was, uh, yeah, again, growing up with celebrity in-jokes that I would get later on or just random things that I would find on YouTube. My favorite random thing that I found was uh, Christopher Walken. He was on some show. I forget what it was. But he was dr- he was reading the three little pigs in front of an audience. Yeah, he, that's a very famous. Yeah, he had the, <laughs> he had this colorful tacky sweater on, and he was in a wicker chair. And when he was reading the book, he just took it and made it his own. So he'd be like, "So Wolfie goes to the house of Piggy Number One. Wolfie knocks on the door, but it's a straw door. So how he knocks on it, I don't know." Who wrote this? But hey, knock knock anyway, right? Who wants to argue? And <laughs> I mean, just stuff like that. Just pretty much anything that I like, I imitate. Uh, so, so it kind of came from that. Uh, so, but when I do stuff like uh, Midnight Marinara, where I'm given a character and I have to find a voice. Uh, that 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 is also fun because then I get to, uh, <clears throat> like, if I'm giving a description of the character, I have to find a voice that matches it. So with the with with um, here's a popular example with Legend of Sleepy Hollow. <clears throat> For that episode, I got to play Ichabod Crane, and he was um, a very in the book even he's described as a very scrawny guy. Uh, to quote from the book, what would look like a cornfield. Uh, I mean, a scarecrow who escaped from the cornfield. And uh, he had a long nose, and, you know, so you kind of have to get a little nasally with that. And also remember that he comes from a place that isn't around Sleepy Hollow, so you have to create a kind of accent for that, uh, kind of Dutch. And uh, But he still has the authority, so whenever the kids are misbehaving, that's when I have to... S- that's when I have to break out the stick, give him a snack, and then say, you know, I hope that you regret this for as long as you live and you remember it for that long. And um, but uh, but he still has that kind of innocence about him that when he's riding through the woods and he's so scared that he's so terrified that the headless horseman could be around at any corner. Oh my goodness! Oh no! You know, so it's just. <laughs> but now I'm just now I'm just rambling. Um. But, uh, you know, so that's always fun to kind of create a voice that 
best fits that. Actually, if I could go on a really quick tangent, really quickly, um, for one, for the latest Shakespeare show that I did, it was All's Well That Ends Well. And as a joke, during one of the first rehearsals, my character, Lavach, who was the jester, I did it in a Scottish accent or a light Scottish accent. And my director actually wanted me to do it. So I was like, oh, okay. So I got together with m- one of my other professors who works with voice and speech work. And that has to do with obviously a lot of accents. So we would get together and we would arrange meetings on how to give the proper Scottish uh, dialect. So uh, if I may think of a line, okay, here's one. Why he may look upon his bit and sing, ask questions and sing, pick his teeth and sing. I know a man that had this trick of melancholy, sold a goodly manner for a song. You know, so it just kind of comes out of nowhere, but, you know, it's always fun to find a voice that fits the personality. So, uh, you know, so, so it's, it's really fun. <laughs> um, we're going to need to wrap this up, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're at the half <laughs> mark. <laughs> uh, so do you have any last-minute advice for any listeners out there um, interested in acting or directing? Yes. Um, yes, in fact, I do. Uh, when it comes to acting, be open for anything. Um. I mean, obviously know, uh, you know, how to discover new things should they ever come about in your head, particularly in theater, um, because you will find obviously a lot of exercises that'll get you to let your mind just just come and think like crazy and uh, just improvise on a lot of things. And um, so that way, once your brain gets all the stimuli, then... Like, if any ideas come about, you could say, oh, what if I did this in this scene? One of two things is going to happen. One is going to be, okay, yeah, I like that. Definitely put it in. Or, no, but, you know, just don't be too heartbroken that this is my vision. And it's like, okay. So, um, in terms of acting, make it your own. Uh, you know, if you're given something that you want to take a reference on, then find something in there. Like I said, if you're given a character, you want to do a voice for it, if need be find a personality, um, then discover anything should it come about. And and if you are a director and or producer, um, then, you know, like seize control, but seize control enough so that way you can leave it uh, for um, your actors or participants, I should say, in a broader term, to uh, discover things on themselves, to make it full circle. Uh, because, you know, nobody really wants to... Uh, have a guy with a whip boss you around and tell you how to act, you know, in that brutal fashion. At least that's how I see it. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you are going to be a director or a producer doing whatever you want to do, then, uh, yes, definitely know that it is your vision, but it's the participants that will make your vision come to life. And as for uh, to make it to, to cap this off, to make it more broad, uh, for anybody who wants to pursue uh, anything, that then you know never stop doing it. Uh, just keep busy and you keep moving uh, at doing what again, whatever it is you're passionate about. Uh, whether it's the job that you like doing right now, or whether it's uh, your s- secret fun hobby like writing poems or. 
um, you know, ma- even making Lego contraptions, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, just find that passion, stick with it, and never give up. It's for the best. Nice. So, um, there you go. Also, uh, where can we find you? Oh, well, uh, you can find me in New York. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No stalkers, please. Um, You can find me on YouTube, which is NickTheGhostHost999. That is my YouTube name. You can also find me on SoundCloud. Uh, It is NickVincentBarbera. That is my name on SoundCloud there. And... uh, yeah, again, the Haunted Mansion show is also on YouTube, but is a, it is also found on micechat.com. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. <laughs> Thank you for hosting this very lovely interview. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> this podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BendUNetwork.com.